why can't I just make this fit? There's so many elements that I want. Doesn't sound familiar, right? So many elements that I wanted, but why can't I just make it fit? And I couldn't. But I faked it for a while. I just didn't have the guts to cut it out sooner. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Red Flags in Relationships. I'm doing a solo cast, a heart share solo cast, so it's just me. I'm going to be reflecting on some thoughts about red flags in relationships. What are they and what do we do about them? I'm going to talk about how they've showed up in my life because that's the way to learn, is <laughs> to learn from your own experiences and red flags. Because I will say this, and everybody knows this deep down, that knowing oneself is just absolutely critical. You got to do your own work. You got to know your own emotional world. You have to increase your emotional awareness. You have to be able to know your own triggers, your own past resentments, work through your traumas, basically do some like emotional hygiene, often got to do it often because I know like if I don't know myself how in the hell can I know somebody else I got to know my own needs my own wants my desires so that they're clear that I can communicate to someone else that I can know that there is self-love in the reasons why I want those because that's deep down the key is that self-worth that self-love Because if we have that to ourselves, then when we see red flags out, and especially some red flags that we know is not healthy for us, and that if we try and work through it, or there's different obstacles that we can't do that, then we love ourselves to know that we have to move on, that we deserve a different experience that's more healthy. So what comes to mind that's profound in my life around that was when I was 26 years old, I had a relationship with a woman that was about five years older than me. She had two boys, eight and 10 years old. She also still lived with her mother. And we started the relationship just on a hot physical connection. We started liking each other and just started seeing more and more of each other. And I was in my life at the time I was in a high profile corporate job. I was traveling all over the world internationally and I was feeling that single vibe and that independency and wanting to explore more and more. And as me and this woman became closer and spending more time, I knew there was a red flag there about family, about being in the lives with a a woman that had two, two children. I knew I had it in me. I knew I had it in me to love and be a father, but I just wasn't ready. 
and I was voicing it at times as we became closer and closer. And we actually were together for about three years. And so this period and this time of feeling it, but kind of putting it down of the doubt, and it showed up in so many ways. There were times where I would avoid doing things with her and the boys as a family. Part of me wanted to do that. I would show up, but not all of me. It wasn't a a yes inside of me. And I knew that was a red flag because I wanted a yes in my life to have family. And there's a question that my good friend Greg uh, brought up to me about asking that I wish I would have asked it back then. And that is, do I like myself here? That's a great question. Do I like myself here, here in this relationship, in this job? in this house, in this clothes, in this city? Do I like myself here? Do I like who I am? Do I like how I show up? Do I like how I grow and uh, embody myself? And there are many parts that I didn't like myself of how I was showing up in that relationship and hiding and avoiding and having doubts. And man, I judged myself for not wanting to spend time with them because I'm thinking, I'm a loving guy. I'm a good guy. Why, why can't I just make this fit? There's so many elements that I want. Doesn't it sound familiar, right? So many elements that I want of it. Why can't I just make it fit? And I couldn't. But I faked it for a while. I just didn't have the guts to cut it out sooner. I knew that that's what I needed to do. And it ended up that this time just took its place. And I even we even got engaged at, I think, the last three months or four months of the relationship. That's kind of how desperate I, I remember after traveling. I, t- I even took a, a around-the-world travel for about 10 months right in the middle of the relationship. That tells you kind of like how committed <laughs> I was and how torn I was to live my own life. And to me... What was a red flag was that she didn't see that too. She didn't see that as plainly. And I would tell her also by my actions, hey, babe, I'm going to leave you for like about a year to go travel the world and go find myself. That's a little bit of a hint that somebody is not available and more than a hint because I would tell her that, but we were drawn. And so the one red flag also was that she didn't take responsibility also of that. Years later, I saw her, maybe about 10 or 15 years later, I saw her and we had a discussion about it and she was uh, blaming me and criticizing for my fears and doubts of, of being in the relationship and having the boys in my life. And I just came back and I told her about taking responsibility for that she knew all of that. She knew my doubts, she knew my fears and she still stayed. So that was also an interesting retrospective for me of a red flag of yeah, how that showed up in the relationship too, because she didn't take accountability. I was being honest. I was being honest that I had these doubts, but her accountability about it was her choice to stay on with these doubts. Maybe that would have been less blame towards me. So that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> but that's self-awareness about taking uh, responsibility about this particular part of me 
that she was hoping that would change. And yes, I put it out that I want it to change. I want it to be different. But we got to really look at the difference between reality and hoping something is going to change. So let me go to another red flag. And here's, here's one that came to mind of how my behavior that I no longer have, I no longer do, that I actually learned growing up. And that was around shutdown of communication and leaving right in the middle when it gets really frustrated, you know, leaving and like slamming a door. <laughs> My dad was good at that. He was a kind man, but when he got frustrated and he got flooded and he shut down, he, he would shut down and he would bolt. He would get really quiet. He would walk on the room. He would get frustrated and say, why are you bothering me? Why are you nagging me? And he would just leave. And my parents had this dynamic that they would, they would stay silent for days after they weren't able to work through it. And I brought that behavior into my relationship with Rainbow 27 years ago. Um, but I changed it. See, that's the key. That's the part of like, saw it as a red flag. I saw that behavior. We saw that behavior and we, I didn't want to keep doing that. I knew where it could lead. My parents got divorced ultimately, so I knew it could lead to that. So, and hell, that silent stuff between them, that lasted for like another 15 years after the divorce. And mostly that was on my dad. He just didn't want to engage. And again, he would just kind of shut down. And so my dynamic of that was early on in our, my relationship with my wife, we would get into a conflict and we maybe had trouble repairing or I would get flooded and, and um, frustrated, agitated, and I would have to leave. And I would make a bigger scene. Like I would stomp out. I would slam doors. Yeah, sound familiar? Yeah, I did that. Because that's what I learned. That's what I grew up with. A lot of slamming of doors to... That was the communication, boom. Slamming the door shut, you're out, I'm punishing you, I'm not gonna interact. And I knew I did not wanna continue that, that legacy. So really worked at it and a lot of self-reflection, a lot of working in communication, learning how to stay, learning how to repair, and that is so vital, is repairing. If you're not repairing, that's a huge red flag. You know, I see that dynamic. I watch that dynamic of withdrawal and leaving and shutdown every day in my work with couples, every day. And they do this pattern that it's more and more until they hardly have anything left to say or connect on or to feel good. And then they come to me saying that they really don't talk anymore. They don't know how to communicate. There's nothing intimate or deep. All because they avoided and also they seldom repaired. I mean, you know it. You've had the experience of being in a relationship, or maybe you are in a relationship where somebody, or even yourself, is not emotionally available. How frustrating is that when you want to connect on an on emotional level? You want to be seen, you want to be heard, you want to know the other person, you want to have this relationship of death, <laughs> of depth, 
well, maybe some death in the relationship. You got to let go of some things. But you want that depth. And if they're not emotionally available to you, and even in their own emotions, to be able to stay in the emotion, to be able to be curious of it, to even be able to name it and talk about it. So many people are afraid to talk about their own emotions because they get so uncomfortable with it and their experience of conflict is not good. And when people get emotional, it goes into usually a conflicting situation within themselves and with somebody else, and they don't do it well. So they avoid it. They shut down that emotional world. And then they don't even make themselves physically available even to that because they know if they're making themselves available in the presence way that they might need to have to talk about it. That's why it's called relationships. Let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes, let's talk about it. So that's what I learned to do, folks. Yep, early on, 27, 28 years ago, I learned to talk about it, talk about myself, talk about what was going on, my own understanding, my challenges, and to be able to relate and listen and understand and communicate with another person, with other people. So for me, that's a pretty big red flag when that communication is either shut down, uh, minimal, or hostile. And we all know, just to move into that about being hostile, like abuse, especially physical abuse, shouldn't be in that relationship. You know, that's the one caveat that I say, that is not healthy at all. You need to get out. But then there's more subtle forms of abuse. Yeah, because like abusive behavior comes out harsh and usual, very critical. So criticism is a huge red flag. We all have it in our relationships. I'm sure we do it ourselves. But when there's a certain degree that it's more constant and cutting and hurtful in a relationship, it's a red flag. <laughs> like I remember my father telling me that my mother was critical because she nagged, you know, great combination. She nagged and he didn't want to talk. Great fucking combination that was. But criticism can erode a person's sense of self, their sense of worth. And when that is prevalent in a relationship, it is a power dynamic that is so unhealthy. So if you're in a relationship that is excessively critical, you may really want to reassess the relationship because... Man, you might just have to go like, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. What you say? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what Ray Charles would do. <laughs> I love when that gets in there. Because that's a big part of holding the boundary. There is a point where you have to say, no, this is not healthy for me. And yes, that is definitely after exhausted efforts to work it through, to really see if there's a willingness to change. And change happens. It can happen, but you have to see it happen. It's not just talked about. It's not always in the future. It's when you see change. 
Remember when somebody says, hey, this is who I am. I'm not going to change. Guess what? Believe them. <laughs> They're telling you right up front, I'm not going to change. If they don't want to change, they are not going to change. Yeah, that's right. At times you got to really take people for who they are and not just who you want them to be. And we know criticism can come in like uh, passive aggressive ways or subtle ways. I felt some subtle criticism from my previous girlfriend. You know, sometimes I would give opinions or we would talk about a topic about the boys and she would kind of jokingly say something like, what do you know about that? And she would laugh. And I really felt hurt. I felt kind of condescended, patronized. There was some contempt in that, but I didn't speak up. I didn't tell her that I felt hurt when she said things like that. I kept it in, probably just like my dad did. And then slow resentment built in me. So, you know, the dynamic of being criticized, but also knowing how to speak to what it feels like to be criticized. Because if you're able to do that in a healthy way, you can hopefully bring that person towards you in understanding and that they would have empathy and yes, guilt in some way to change their behavior. Because we're far, far too critical with each other. The whole world's way too critical of how we just go back and forth. And if you are having conversations and talking about how one of you may be more critical and how that hurts, and one, that person really keeps defending themselves or explaining themselves and they're not taking accountability, that's partly a red flag. Taking accountability, again, like I talked about, in this instant is so important that you might not realize, you might not have the intent. You know, people say that, I never meant to criticize you. The fact is that you did. The person felt criticized. So be curious of what it is that you're saying or doing. Is there another way that you could present it? Can you speak to it like a complaint rather than a criticism? Because a criticism is usually goes right, what I call, into the person personhood. You are lazy, right? That's, that's a criticism instead of saying, you know, you said that you were going to help me in the garden 10 minutes ago and you're still sitting down and it's been uh, really frustrating. And that takes a lot of reflection about changing criticism around. Because a lot of times criticism is about our own inner critic within ourselves. If we don't have that within ourselves battling, we're not going to be able to see it externally. So we see it in somebody else, what we don't like in ourselves, and we get critical of their behavior. So we've got to really understand our own dynamic around that and having acceptance and compassion so we can have it for other people. Yep, we need to have it for other people. So I know that with these red flags, they're, they're different. Some might not be as important. Some might be so blatant. And there's a skew of red flags that I'm not really going to talk about today. Maybe a, probably another podcast, but the aspects of physical abuse and substance use and lying and narcissism and gaslighting. There's so many degrees of what shows up in red flags. Some of the things that I'm talking about are a little more subtle. 
but they're still really important to look at to see if you're going to work through it, if you want to work through it, or you also even have a visceral gut level sense that it's not right for you. Sometimes we got to really listen to that. Like here's a red flag that we transformed in my relationship with Rainbow. And that was compatibility of uh, sexual satisfaction. That's really prevalent, of course, in couples with different desires, different wants, different histories, different traumas. So early on, very, very early on in our relationship, I remember after Rainbow and I made love, we were talking and she said something to the effect of, I'm fine with having sex like once a month. And I remember thinking, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not fine with having sex once a month. And I also knew it wasn't because sex wasn't any good. So if somebody's putting out there, no, that's not why she said it. And I knew that that was a huge red flag for me, that I needed to speak to figure it out how to, con- and also how to converse about it. So, yeah, I needed to get interested in Rainbow's sexual experiences and learn how, actually, I learned how she didn't feel safe in the past by being curious and being interested instead of, oh, maybe blaming or criticizing her own desires that they were low and they shouldn't be low. And even through our conversations, I learned by being curious that I learned that her mother passed down aspects of sexual suppression to her. And so I I wanted to have more compassion about that. I also wanted to learn what were her needs and her wants around feeling safe. So we talked, we had many discussions, many challenging discussions, really good, heartful and connecting discussions. And we learned and took action of changing that around to have a healthy sexual relationship with each other. So I give that example of sometimes, yeah, it's a red flag, but what do you do to work with it? Like what's the behavior to change it and see if you can? Because sometimes you can. So I do, I do think it's a big red flag if you're experiencing difficulties with your sex lives and not talking about it. You want to talk about it where there's less blaming, less criticalness, less shutting down and avoiding, and more open curiosity, validating, and especially the emotions of compassion, like expressing emotions of compassion between and for you both. Okay, yeah, so I just want to give you some food for thought on some of those. I don't want to overwhelm you with a lot of red flags because that could be overwhelming. But I do want to have you feel the energy of having that clarity to bring it up, to not be afraid to bring up the red flags and really look at them and dissect them, be curious about them, and at times have to make very difficult decisions to maybe reassess the relationship and and not be in it. See, all of that is also so that you can be in healthy relationships. We all know that, that some relationships are just there for a learning process. And if you do learn some of these red flags, you won't 
take them on and repeat them and, and you'll be able to transform it for your next relationship. And that's so important. The confidence that we're growing and that we're evolving and we can get it better. Yep, we can get better. And that's by having enough love uh, for ourselves. So I'm sending you a lot of love your way. And thanks for spending some time with me. And if you just stay on for a little bit, I am going to make some announcements and tell you about some other things that are going on with my work. Okay, everybody. I hope you make yourselves a beautiful, beautiful day. Hey, thanks for staying with me so I can make a couple of these announcements. Yeah, one is about my cover art. You know, when you see my podcast that has that kind of cartoony like uh, um, depiction of me, well, I'm feeling I'm outgrowing that cover art. I'm sensing another look, but I'm not too sure what it is. So I want to work in collaboration with somebody who has this skill. And the reason why I'm putting it out here on my podcast instead of in uh, the uh, my Facebook, well, that's because I don't have a Facebook, <laughs> but I'm putting it out because I want to work with somebody whom my podcast really resonates with, that they feel me and they feel my podcast, and then they can bring that energy into the design. That's what I want. So that's my wish, and I'm putting it out there to you all. So if you are interested, let's talk about it. You can contact me by my website at prepo.com. I want to also tell you about, again, my newsletter that you can sign up at prepo.com. And I will be sending you relationships tools and tips and also inform you of online courses and my upcoming online mentoring and coaching groups. I'm really excited about that. In those groups, we will be working in depth on topics that I have addressed in this podcast that you have listened to. So look for that on my upcoming newsletters when you sign up. Also, please leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and also leave a review on Spotify. That is one way that more people will learn about the podcast. So that's a great help to get the word out. Another way to help the podcast is the appreciations I have around my donations. Some of you have donated to my podcast, a monthly donation or a one-time donation. I greatly appreciate it. It's a really big help to get this out to you in the professional production way that I do. So if you're interested in that, you can go to my website, prepo.com, and hit the support the podcast page. And I want to get a special shout out to my wife. She is just so incredible, but especially incredible for helping me with this podcast and getting my focus together, helping me sift through ideas and see it clearly and stories that I want to present. She's just really great in helping me hone in and to be express myself. So... That's what good communication does in a relationship. So thank you, my sweet. And I am sending my wish out to all of you. More love, 
more compassion and more kindness. Yes, I really wish for you to be kinder to yourself because you do deserve it. Yes. And guess what? I bet when you also are kinder to yourself, you will be kinder to others. And just think of what kind of world we can create then. Mm -hmm. Gay everybody. Sending lots of love. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.